0: Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Tuesday Law and Gospel on November the 23rd in the year of our Lord 2021. We're doing a hymn, Savior of the Nations, Come. That was Savior of the Nations Come, kind of a well-known hymn, and we're going to be looking at that with Mark Smith, but before we do so, we've got to talk to you about what is that hymn? Who wrote it? It was written, believe it or not, by a great church father, and the name of him, this was originally in Latin. Ambrose of Milan. Died in 1397. And it's only a number of hymns that are attributed to Ambrose. But guess who the translator was? Martin Luther. Translated into German in 1523. And It is the Advent hymn par excellence, has been the traditional Lutheran hymn of the day for Advent one. And then of course, it's translated again by us in English. So it went from Ambrose in the Latin, Luther in the German, and finally into the English. What do you think of this hymn, uh, Pastor Mark Smith?
1: I think it's a fine hymn. It's interesting. You know, I'm familiar with uh, uh, St. Ambrose, as he's called. In fact, I've been to the church uh, of uh, St. Ambrose on the hill, the in the Italian community here in St. Louis. I've got friends up there. And uh, so that's kind of an interesting connection between Andrew Ambrose and uh,
0: Luther. Um, yes. I was unaware of that. And so yeah. there's a Ambrose Church, what's it called?
1: Yeah, it's quite a large uh, Roman Catholic church, St. Ambrose.
0: Catholic. Okay. Yes, I was unaware of that. And so um, we're about ready to get into the hymn. It has eight verses, so we better not fool around. Stanza one, please.
1: Savior of the nations come, virgin son, make here your home. Marvel now, O heaven and earth, that the Lord chose such a birth.
0: So this is a hymn for Advent. And what's in the very first line? What word to make it Advent?
1: Well, let's see. It's uh come. Oh, yes. come, the Savior of the nations, come! That's what Advent is. It's this, it's the the coming of our Lord Jesus uh, into into this world.
0: And how many comings are there?
1: Well, there's the coming of uh, Christmas when He, he came as Bethlehem that little baby. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the there's the coming that we celebrate this Sunday when He comes to Jerusalem uh, on Palm Sunday to die on the cross a week later. Right, and uh, he comes to us in word and sacrament. Excellent, uh, and he also comes at the at the on the last day. He comes to to judge the living and the dead, and raise us
0: all up. That's excellent. Those are the four comings that I think of also when we're talking about Jesus Christ. And this, even though it's Advent, it certainly sounds Christmassy because. He's coming as the virgin's son. And we need to marvel that the Lord chose such a birth because he went into a, what we call a state of humiliation. Well, what is that?
1: That's that's the, the part of his uh, human existence. It begins with his uh, conception in the womb of his mother. And uh, that's the... His state of humiliation is when he chose. He he, he had all the power accessible to him uh, as as God. He never ceased to be God. Never set aside his godly powers, but he simply did not use them uh, except on occasion, like in miracles. And uh, but uh, for the most part, he was. Uh, we call that his state of humiliation when he did not. He chose not to utilize and take advantage of his godly power, except, uh, like I said, on those exceptions.
0: Exactly. Then, stanza two, not by human flesh and blood, by the Spirit of our God was the Word of God made flesh, woman's offspring, pure and fresh. Now, we're talking about the incarnation right and so how do we confess that in the apostles creed
1: well he was uh it was conceived by the holy spirit he did not have uh an earthly f- biological father yes his father was god uh but mary was his true biological mother uh so uh the word of God by the Holy Spirit, uh, the word of God was made flesh. Woman's so the Apostles'
0: here. Creed says, conceived by the Holy Spirit, right. born of the Virgin Mary. How right. do we know he uh, was conceived by the Holy Spirit?
1: Well, that's what the angel tells her. The power of the Most High shall overshadow you.
0: E- Excellent. Yep. Gabriel, because she asked. How can this be, since I am a virgin? Right. All right. Stanza three, please.
1: Here a maid was found with child, yet remained a virgin mild. In her womb, this truth was shown. God was there upon his throne.
0: There is a Latin phrase, Semper Virginia, that the Roman Catholic Church has. What do they mean by that?
1: Well, they believe that she was perpetually a virgin. She never. She was. Uh, they believe that the uh, Mary was always a virgin. That that uh, that, she never that was had never other children. Right. Yes. Uh, she, uh, I was going to say here. What's interesting is when it says God was God was there upon His throne. I think that that is teaching the truth that Jesus never ceased to be God. Even when he was that little unborn infant in the womb of his mother, he was still God even then.
0: Yes, the, the last line there, God was there upon his throne. Right. So his throne is what?
1: Well, the uh, uh, the womb.
0: Yes, and that throne was where God still was so that's he right. has two natures human and divine
1: that's right two natures of christ
0: what what's the difference now that he has ascended into heaven does he still have two natures oh yes
1: yes we don't separate those two natures for he is he will continue to be true god and true man throughout eternity that will never change
0: but there's a difference about his human nature now that he has ascended into heaven.
1: Yeah, he is now in his state of uh, exaltation. He, so he's in a state of what exaltation. what
0: difference does that make?
1: Complete and uninterrupted use of his divine power. Uh, the, uh, different from his state of humiliation when he, he did not always use his divine power. Now, of course, it's uh, it's uh, all at, at his disposal and, and used... Uh, used continually
0: in his human nature also
1: yes that's right even according to his human nature right he's everywhere he is everywhere even according to his human nature since his ascension
0: how can you i just finished confirming again this past week we had finished the confirmation class and um how how did I explain that Jesus in his human nature was everywhere? How do do we know that today? Uh,
1: Let me think. It's a mystery. It really is a mystery. It's it's beyond really our comprehension. But, um, well, he tells us himself, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you uh i am i am with you always even to the end of the world he he is with us even now tom he's with us here right now uh, according to his humanity as well as his divinity it the only difference is we cannot see him and when he comes on the last day there's the difference then every eye will see him even those that pierced him
0: now some people would suggest that yeah i agree that he's there in his divinity But not in his humanity. But there's something that happens on Sundays to show that he's in his humanity everywhere. Well, I've drawn a blank, Tom. It's the Uh, Lord's Supper.
1: Well, the the Lord's Supper, of course. Yes, that's true. Yes, of course. Well, that's
0: really critical. The Lord's Supper. What do we say? Take eat. This is the true body. Yes, take drink this, is my, this is... is my
1: body. And and that's and that's the case wherever that Lord's Supper is celebrated. He uh, he gives us his true body and blood.
0: So that you may have millions of people having the Lord's Supper on a Sunday, which shows that he's everywhere in his human nature. In that's contrast right. to uh, the reform what do they believe about the Lord's Supper?
1: They believe that, well, they believe that he's still in, in heaven. See, they, don't, that's a, they don't believe that he's really present in the Lord's Supper uh, because he's in heaven.
0: His human nature is in heaven. Right. They believe his divine nature is everywhere. Right. But to commune, it's only because he ascended into heaven. So they make a big distinction between his human and divine which the bible does not the human makes it very clear that he has all the prerogatives and attributes that the divine nature has so it's not only being omniscient but well, I'm sorry omnipresent but also omniscient and omnipotent what do they mean omniscient
1: means all knowing and i um om- om- and omnipotent means all-powerful
0: excellent excellent those are the attributes of his human nature in fact hebrews says he continues to sympathize with us because of his suffering which means that's applying also to his human nature uh but even as god he suffered and died
1: yeah in fact he said um I am. Remember when he told Paul, "I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting."
0: Exactly. uh,
1: Paul was persecuting the church, and yet Jesus, even in His exalted state, uh, also felt that persecution personally himself.
0: Well, that's another good example of His being omnipresent. Right. Paul was persecuting her. That's good, Mark. I hadn't even thought of that. So. Yeah, thanks very much. I'll be using that too. All right. Stanza four, please.
1: Stanza four. Then stepped forth the Lord of all, from his pure and kingly hall, God of God, yet fully man, his heroic course began.
0: Luther really knows how to translate what Ambrose said. And this is Ambrose way back in the fourth century. right. In, in other words, what we say in the Apostles' Creed, Ambrose believed simply because it's in the Bible. And that's why looking at the church fathers is really important. Did you ever have a class on the church fathers when you were at the same?
1: Uh, yes, uh, but I wanted to make you, you know it 's interesting saint ambrose i can 't remember who came first, St Ambrose or saint augustine, uh, one or the other and they were they had a close relationship one was kind of, was a mentor to the other i think I think Ambrose was a mentor to Saint augustine, and of course uh, Luther had become uh, an Augustinian monk, so he was uh, Saint Augustine was in some ways his mentor as well.
0: Yes, in fact, uh, I believe that the Reformation really began in 1518. I know he did the 95 statements in 1517, but he still believed in purgatory and things like that. But when you look at the Heidelberg Disputation, which he wrote in 1518 as an Augustinian monk uh, against the Roman Catholic Church, I didn't find anything in there at all that is contrary to Scripture.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, Semper Virginis" a little while ago, that uh, the, the, the belief that Mary was always a virgin. I yes. think Luther held that. Uh, oh, he did. At least for some time. I yes. believe so. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, remember, he was Roman Catholic. He was praying to Mary and everything. Right, right. So um, it, it took a time for him to mature in the faith in various areas. Because when he wrote the 95, as I said, he still believed in purgatory, but not the way that the Pope was teaching it, like a coin into the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. He thought yeah, that you, was you, wrong.
1: Yeah, you have to, You not only ask what did he believe and teach, but when did he believe and teach it? Yeah.
0: Very good, very good. I'll read stanza five. God the Father was his source. Back to God he ran his course. Into hell his road went down. Back then to his throne and crown. Now, what does it mean if the Holy Spirit was the one who was in the conception? How is the God the Father his source?
1: Well God is God was his father. God the Father. Uh God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh they were all three, of course, involved in the incarnation. Yes. Um it's interesting. It says back to God. You know, already this verse is talking about his uh let's see. Oh, uh, like he told the thief on the cross next to him, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Right, right after his, uh, his death, of course, he, uh, he committed his uh, spirit to God yeah. and, and returned to him. And then into hell his road went down. That's talking about his descent into hell, which, by the way, that's not his state of humiliation. That's already his state of exaltation when he yes. descended into hell. Uh, to show Satan that he, that he lost the battle. And yeah. then back then, back then to his throne and crown, of course, that's talking about his ascension into heaven.
0: So I don't know how many people realize how close this hymn is to the Apostles' Creed. Right. But it seems to have the steps going down to humiliation and the steps climbing back up to exaltation.
1: Yeah, actually three courses there. Uh, back to God when he uh, when he died and uh and committed his uh his uh, spirit to to God and then coming down, descending into hell and then ascending again. So that's a lot in one verse.
0: And that all happened in 3 days. Right. Okay. Would you read stanza 6, please?
1: For you are the Father's Son, who in flesh the victory won. By your mighty power, make whole all our ills of flesh and soul.
0: So, he was, God the Father was the source, and verse 6 explains that, for you are the Father's Son, who in flesh the victory won. So, what's the victory he won?
1: Well, our, our uh, of course, our atonement, our redemption, uh, yes. s- s- defeating sin, death, and hell,
0: and that has a repercussion on us, according to that verse. Right. What is that repercussion?
1: Well, we we are victors in Him. We are victors also. But only in Christ.
0: The verse says what?
1: For you are the Father's Son, who in flesh the victory won. He won the victory uh, by entering human flesh and by. Uh, by
0: right. Winning, what I'm asking vit- is what's a repercussion for us? Eternal life. No, according to the verse.
1: Who in flesh the victory won. I'm not it's, reading you, Tom.
0: Okay. By your mighty power make whole all our ills of flesh and soul.
1: Okay, there you are, sure. In fact, he did that even when he was in the fle- when it was in the flesh walking this earth. Think of all that he uh did all the uh the Noodles. healings of of uh body yep. and soul, casting out demons and uh, making people whole by giving them sight and hearing and uh, ability to, to walk again. So he not only uh, not only healed our souls, he did heal our flesh even when he walked this earth,
0: just as he does even now.
1: He's, yes. the, he's the divine physician.
0: And that will still continue in heaven where Absolutely. we will be he- healed of all our ills of flesh and soul. That is right. He wins the victory, in other words, defeats sin, but the repercussion for us is that by his mighty power, he makes whole all our ills of flesh and soul.
1: That's right. No more tears, no more sorrows.
0: No more sickness, no more death. Right. Stanza 7, from the manger, newborn light shines in glory through the night darkness there no more resides in this light faith now abides now is that talking about judgment day
1: no that's now we're going back to we're going to christmas here Uh, reverting back to christmas in the manger the newborn light of the Savior shines yes. in glory through the night, uh, the idea that, you know, he came into this world that was enveloped in darkness, this world that was uh, really under the uh, domain of, of Satan. Darkness there no more resides. Once, once the, uh, the true light comes into the world, uh, which we celebrate not only at Christmas but also at Epiphany. So darkness there no more resides. When, when Jesus arrives, of course, uh, that's, the, that's the beginning of the Messianic age. He's how uh he's
0: does, sh- how does faith abide in the light then
1: faith abides in the light in in the night or the light in this uh, light faith now abides no no yes
0: Look in at the, the verse.
1: Uh, yeah um his his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path
0: exactly his gospels
1: his gospel gives us the light. When need. you go
0: to a hospital, and I'm sure you're making hospital calls, what kind of message do you give to the person in the hospital bed?
1: Oh, boy, that person is ready for the gospel. Yeah. Yes.
0: And that's the light in which faith now abides. You know, Luther was really strong on that, that the Word of God is what is our preaching supposed to be. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely
0: contrast to what many people are saying that we abide in the law rather no. than in the gospel
1: no the gospel must predominate in our preaching uh when that person walks out of church when our people walk out of church they uh they need to know they they need to know that their sins are forgiven that eternal life is theirs
0: all right last stanza please
1: Glory to the Father, sing. Glory to the Son, our King. Glory to the Spirit be now and through eternity.
0: So as the hymn is indicated, and as you said so well, God the Father was his source, the Holy Spirit conceived him. This is the work of the Holy Trinity, his incarnation. What was the only work that Jesus did That the Father and the Holy Spirit did not participate in. His suffering and death. Yes, on the cross. Right. In fact, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me is better translated as my God, my God, why have you left me alone? Right. So, you're going to sing at this Sunday?
1: Yeah, in fact, that's going to be one of our distribution hymns.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's a good communion hymn also. So blessings on your worship service. Uh, Tomorrow will be our last time on KFUO this week because of Thanksgiving. But we'll be back next Monday and Tuesday after tomorrow's lesson. God bless you.